Sack Kings Therapy Podcast, episode 14. Bong, the Kings are back in the playoffs. Yay. <laughs> they're in the playoffs. Uh, no, they're going to be in the seeding games. Yeah. We played in July, baby. Yeah. No one's ever played in July. I know. Actually, it will actually pretty much start in August, essentially. But, you know, we're in. We have a chance. Uh, isn't this the time where the draft should be? Eh, actually, no. G- draft would have been over by now, right? Well, oh. no, it's in the middle of June. Never mind. You're you're right. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't get excited for the draft usually, and we're in that point where we don't really have a high draft pick anymore. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, but when we'll get to the um, games point, it'll be like technically summer week. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I just want to you know see games back, and we're gonna get games back. Um, so starting July 30th, not 31st, um, but the July 30th will be the start of the seeding games. They will continue all the way to August 14th. Um, if one of the teams are within four games of the eight C, that triggers the play-in tournaments for both uh, conferences. Uh, those will take place on August 15th and August 16th. So if the lower seeded team wins or, or wins one of those games, it'll be a back to back and they'll play the the next play in game uh, the next day. So August 15th and 16th. And then the playoffs begin on August 17th. So there aren't any details about how this will work, because like if let's just say the Kings do get within the within four games and we do the play in tournament, uh, we face whoever the eighth seed is. That basically means we're going to play three games in three nights. That's going to be brutal. I don't. I hope that's not what it's going to be. And because we're going to play the Lakers, we're we're going to probably go through, let's just say, the, the Grizzlies, two games in a row. That those are going to be tough games. And then right off, right after that, you face the Lakers, who are big and physical, and you know have LeBron James on it. So that's going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. Um. After that, however, the first round of the playoffs go from August 17th to August 29th. Uh, on the August 30th, uh, families of slash guests of teams will come to Orlando to join uh, the players. So, And then the day after, August 31st, will be the start of the semifinals. And that will go on until September 13th. Um, they're going to have two days rest uh, on September 15th. Uh, the conference finals will start. That will last all the way till September 28th. And then another day off uh, on September 30th, uh, the NBA finals will begin, and that will continue all the way to October 13th. So that is basically going to be the schedule. Uh, I don't think they've announced the training camp yet, have they? I Not don't I see heard. it. I don't yeah. see it on here, actually. So that will just basically be kind of the gist of it. This is this is overall a rumor right now, but you know it's coming from Sham Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, so they're pretty much that's pretty much what's going to happen, probably. So mm-hmm. okay, so well let, let, let's get into the Kings portion of this. Uh, so of course we as fans want our favorite team in the, in the universe to make the playoffs. So. Of course, we are gonna. We we think they're gonna be the ones to make in, right? Oh, for right? sure. Right, right. Yeah, for, you better. Sure. You better. You better. No, <laughs> you better. I'm finding a new host. But um, <laughs> so, uh, just some notes. Uh, some interesting notes about the playoff teams or the the on the West specifically. Um, so Lamarcus Aldridge is out for the Spurs. That'll pretty much help our chances. Uh, help the Kings' chances. And probably hurt the Spurs a lot. Uh, Kelly Oubre is out for the Suns. That basically kind of kills their chances of, you know, getting even close to the playoffs. I think. I don't think Devin Booker would have carried that big of a load, unless you know DeAndre Ayton does something. But you know, that's that's a stretch to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will be out. Um, I know they're in the East, but you know that's pretty big. <laughs> They'll basically be led by Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so uh, if you guys don't know, this is how the seedings will work. Um, so the play-in tournament will be triggered if the ninth seed is within four games of the, of the uh, eighth seed. If 
If they are not, then the playoffs start right there. The eighth seed just gets in. But if the teams are... Now, this doesn't specifically say what happens when multiple teams are within four games. But let's just say, let's just say the Kings are within four games of the Grizzlies. That will trigger a playoff uh, play-in tournament, which will include two games, basically. Now, if the Grizzlies win the first game, they're in. But if the Kings win the first game, they're going to play another game. And for the second game, whoever wins the second game will get into the playoffs. And that is basically going to be how it's going to work. As far as I know, currently, the schedule is not set. So we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time speculating on what the games will be, but uh, for the most part, it's gonna include. I, I imagine these games are gonna be very rough, or not rough, but like very intense. Uh, yeah, it'll be very intense because you know we're fighting for the eighth seed, and we know that the Kings will make it. <laughs> yes. And uh, also, and on the injuries list, although this one is, they're returning. Uh, Yusef Nurkic and Zach Collins will be back for the uh, Trailblazers. Now, I have kind of, I don't, I don't think, I think I've talked to you about this offline for sure, but I don't think Nurkic will be good when he comes back, at least not right now, just because he came back from a broken leg. He was actually set to come back before the season uh, stopped. But I just don't think he can get through that mental block of breaking his leg just yet. No. But Zach Collins, I think, will be fine for them. They'll, you know, that'll make him pretty good. But you know, I, you know, for the sake of the Kings, I don't think that like that's going to be enough because each one of these games are going to be rough. Although you know, Dame time is a real thing, so they'll be they'll be tough. Yeah, for sure. They'll probably be. One of the top three for sure to uh, compete for the eighth. Yeah, and you know the the reason why this playoff tournament is happening and why the Kings are in, really, let's be honest, is because they, uh, the Trailblazers and Zion. And mm-hmm. yeah, if we weren't tied with them, like we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this tournament. I think they would have cut it off right at us. But you know, yeah. Lord, Lord knows how this is gonna work. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah, we're really excited. We're gonna have a chance to play for the playoffs, and hopefully, you know, all things all things considered, we play well when we get into the playoffs. And we'll talk a little bit about what we think is gonna happen to playoffs. We get a little bold. Okay, well, good. Well, here's just a, you know, a question about the Kings, of course. Now, Marvin Bagley only played 13 games this season because of a broken thumb and also another foot issue, although I don't remember what the actual issue was, but something with his foot. And he most likely will be back when we when we uh, when play resumes. Now, the question is, like, since he's been gone for so long, of course, he's probably going to be out of rhythm, out of sync with the team. But you cannot deny that he is still very good and a very talented player who needs playing time. But he's been out for so long, and the, and the Kings have kind of established an identity with Bielitsa and uh, Rashawn Holmes starting as their as the big men. So I guess the question is, should Marvin start over either Bielitsa or uh, Rashawn Holmes? You know, as much as I want to believe in Marvin, I would have to say no. And I am in full agreement with you i you know like the problem with just starting both either starting marvin over either one of them is because both rashawn and bielitsa bring tangible things to that starting lineup bielitsa is an incredible shooter one of the best shooters in the league actually on this year and you know he can he can effectively space the floor and Rashawn is there is arguably one probably the second best player this year. If you, it depends on what you think of Buddy, but like you know he's been the most consistent. And before you know he went out with a shoulder injury, was arguably the Kings' most consistent. And you know if you want to get bold about it, the what the Kings' best player, like in terms of like a defensive anchor. So you take either one of them out, that uh, that really dramatically shifts the starting lineup. And I don't know what if Marvin's going to bring enough to justify any of those things. Of course, unless you want to start him at the three for some reason. But even then, I don't think we should start him over Barnes. So, uh, you know. No, I don't think so. 
Or maybe we should start him off at shooting guard. What do you think about that? <laughs> you say yes to that question, I would have blown. I would have blown up at you. But it, it'll be interesting. Like, will he get any play time? Like, when he and has how? to. He has to. There is no way he doesn't because, like, you spent the second pick on a guy. You are not s- sitting him down on the bench the whole game. He is gonna get. I imagine around the twenty to twenty-eight minute mark. Because we kind of also established uh, when and, uh, you know, Harry Giles and, you know, who's he? Uh, ah, I imagine we're going to cut Giles and um, Lens minutes down or help play all three of them. Go crazy. I don't know. But like, I think I think uh, Bagley can work with either one of them in the bench unit. But again, it's another one of those things. Both of those guys, Giles and Len, bring tangible things to the team. You know, Len brings a level of toughness and like just kind of being a, a genuine asshole out there. Like he's a big, burly, big, thick guy that you know can't isn't gonna take shit from anyone. Giles brings a you know a truly special like passing ability, and you know has a mid range jumper. And so like these things. When you're taking those guys out, like and replacing them with Marvin, you're taking away a certain skill that Marvin currently does not have. So, this is gonna be it's gonna be rough. Like, and that's kind of why I don't think Giles will be back, and that's why it breaks my heart. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it is what it is, and like you know, like I like to see him get like around twenty, twenty two, twenty four minutes, most likely, but like more than likely, he's gonna get twenty eight. He's gonna yeah, be maybe. like anchoring that second unit with uh, his face, uh, Corey Joseph, uh, uh, Kent Bazemore, and Buddy Heald. Yeah, it's hard to keep six big men in the roster. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, I, 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 let's not get into the drafting thing. Um, yeah. No, I, I was gonna say uh, who was our sixth guy? I got. Uh, we have right? Justin James. I'm pretty sure he'll be around. Like, yeah. No, crap. Who has that player option? Uh, Jabari Parker. There we go. I told, I told, I forgot he was on the team. Right. Um, yeah. Why? <laughs> Why is he on the team? I don't know. You know what? Maybe he brings something tangible, but I don't see him being better than Marvin. Because like, you know, Jabari Parker is an all all offense guy. No one is an all offense guy. Like he ain't gonna bring anything on defense. And arguably, Marvin's already better than him on offense. So. I mean, he came in a package, right? <laughs> Here's the thing that always kind of bottles my mind about when Vladi makes deals. Like he, like he, of course, like Len ended up being the the crown, the kind of the hidden uh, jewel, like in that trade. But we were trying to get Alex. No, we were trying to get Jabari Parker, apparently. And of course, you ask the question, why? Why did we need Jabari Parker? <sighs> Although you know, I think his, I think part of it was this, he needed a salary. Well, that, that's actually what Len was for. But why do we want Jabari Parker? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he'll be. He he's an option. Maybe he's like, you know, break break glass in case of emergency. But we have so many big men. I don't think it will be an issue. I mean, coming from dead men, I mean, for sure, it was a good trade. It was, and Len has been so good for the team. You know. Oh yeah, good trade. Yeah. You know the, the you know the reason for Bazemore trade like that was a really good trade. I don't know what it is, but he's just been so so good in Sacramento. I don't know yeah. why. I don't, I don't know. Like he he was consistent before, or he was decent before, but he's been I'd say in my opinion playing his, some of his best games here in Sacramento. Yeah, like I haven't got a chance to check his stats, but like he brings basically everything that well everything that Trevor Reza brought, but better. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, it's it was a great trade, you know. We did good at the trade deadline, I think. Of course, the Demon thing, is, you know, we have to give up two second round draft picks, but you know, it is what it is. Though those aren't worth much anyways. Like this ch- chances are they're not going to become players. And yeah, so you know, like yeah, so we'll have a really deep and oversaturated big men rotation, and I imagine Marvin gets about twenty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so let, let, let's just go over this real quick. What do you think is the best case scenario for the Kings in this, in Orlando? 
uh, winning the championship. Not not including winning the title. Let, let's not let's not go too crazy. Okay, going to the finals. <laughs> going to the finals. Okay. Well, honestly, you know what? I, I'll I'll just I'll just cut it off at just winning the first round somehow. Like if we beat the Lakers, like that, I think that uh, we should throw a parade right there. Okay. Finally, yeah. avenge two thousand and two, I guess. But you know. Yeah. If we're not gonna go like super super high like the finals, um, yeah, I gotta say being the Lakers would be a big best case scenario, for sure. Because they are very much viewed as the best team in the league, you know. Not a lot of people buy the Clippers, because and I, I get why, like, and I think just the symbolism of it, like, is amazing. Just you know the, the you know the history in O two and you know <clears throat> them being our rivals for so long, and again they are probably the best team in the league. I actually don't really believe in the Bucks all that much, and Clippers are are a bit, you know, like. I think they'll be better in the playoffs, but like you know, like the best regular season team, that which was the Bucks, but like you know, the Lakers weren't that far off. And being able to beat a LeBron James, Anthony Davis led team, that that puts that would put this Kings teams on a legendary. Well, probably not like the on in terms of like the NBA at large, but that's got to make us like the best Kings team of all time, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it would definitely give the O2 team a run for its money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd but, say they would be considered one of the best. Hopefully, well, they would stay that way. Yeah, hopefully. I hope it's not a flash in the pan like the O9 uh, Bulls were. But um, like, just yeah. And this, if it was to ever happen, this is the year for it to happen. We don't even know if we're getting seven games, by the way, in the first round. So oh, really? like. So, like, you know, fluky, like, because of the long layoff, like, it's not a crazy thing to think that, you know, players will be rusty and, like, offensive and defensive rhythm isn't there. Like, this would be the year to take advantage of that. And, you know, some crazy upsets. If, and, 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 you know, if you add to the fact that it's not seven games, if, if it ends up not being seven games, that has, like, flukes and, like, just weird um, victories written all over it. Hmm. So yeah, if we were ever to win the title, this would be the year. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So that is, of course, the best case scenario. I, you know, you have us winning the championship. It's pretty crazy, but like again, if it was to ever happen for us in this era, this would probably be the year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably one of the best chances so far. But for now, I mean, we have to focus on getting the playoffs first. I mean, of course, it's not going to happen anymore because they confirmed that Kyrie and KD are going to be out. But, like, just imagine, like, if KD and Kyrie came back, like, I don't think they would end up facing the Bucks. I think they were the eighth seed. I don't remember they were the seventh or the eighth. But imagine if they played. I actually would give them a pretty good chance to beat the Bucks. The Nets, I mean. Oh, if they had Kyrie and KD? Yes. I, I really, because I, I don't believe in, I don't believe in, the Bucks and Giannis, like, I, I like, I don't think Giannis is at that level because his game is very much one-dimensional in a way. Granted, it's worked, but like in the playoffs, when you have guys that you simply can't really overpower anymore, and got, and of course, like KD is, we'll see what he looks like when he comes back. But when he was playing, like he literally played on one leg. And just shot over Kawhi and Pascal Siakam in Game Five of the Finals because mm-hmm. he, he's just that good at the good at basketball. Yeah, it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting to see like what everything looks like when they when everyone comes back, of course. But okay, well, jumping from best case scenario, what do you think is the worst case scenario for the Kings? No, I'd say it's just not making the playoffs at all. Maybe uh, I would say maybe like if we played the what was it eight games was it for the let's see if we're gonna go like record wise I'd say if we don't do better than like four out of the eight games I'd say eh, I don't think we were ready. Yeah, and that and like that would be disheartening because like 
you know, I, I want to see what these guys are made of. I, I believe Fox is a guy that would flourish in the playoffs. Um, I think Bogey would too. Marvin, I imagine, would too. But I'm not sure about guys like Buddy, for example. Like, I don't know what those guys are made of. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you know, I want to see actual, like, cold-bloodedness, I guess. You got to have the it factor. Yeah, we, we need that uh, or want that experience to uh, carry on for the future. Yeah, and like that's something you can truly build off of, and like it, and you know the the playoffs are not going to get any easier after this year because again, as I've said before, Wolves are going to be really offensively explosive. Um, Portland has has a has Damian Lillard, healthy Nurkic, healthy Zach Collins coming back, and uh, Golden State has the Splash Bros returning. And possibly even Draymond, like Draymond, will probably be a lot better uh, than he was this year. And of course, like Suns, like DeAndre Ayton is gonna be good. Like he's gonna get better. And yeah, Devin Booker is already an All Star. And granted, it was kind of a didn't really deserve to be an All Star, but you know, you know, it is what it is. But like, it's the, the West is not gonna get any easier. And that's not without even mentioning the Zion. The Zion is already <laughs> amazing. Like, granted, I think he is a bit overrated in a way, because, like, he's not the best fucking player, like, in the league. Like, you, if you listen to ESPN, it seems like he's already, like, t- a top five player. But, yeah. So, like, every team is going to be good, basically, on, in the West, outside of maybe the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's the Spurs. They have Greg Popovich. They'll find, they'll probably do something. Like, it's not going to get any easier. If we're not going to make it, yeah, that'd be pretty bad. And if we don't make it, let's just say we go four and four. That's pretty disappointing. But like, if let's just say we go six and eight, but we still don't make it, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that because be it good. shows me you you got something. Yeah, you guys are killers. You guys got the, you know rest in peace. Of course, the mama mentality. So uh, my worst case scenario though is if there is some sort of dispute, particularly with Marvin. Because as I said, Marvin should not start. He really should only get around 20 to 24 minutes a game, 28 at the max. If he doesn't like that role and has a bit of a blow up over it, that I think would be the worst case scenario. Because at that point, I think you might have to trade him. I see what you mean. Uh... And like, and the bat, I think I guess the uh, one of the even worse things about this is that. We're not going to trade him this summer because his value will be at its lowest. And which means we're going to have to put up with at least another half a year of this bullshit. So we'll see how that works out. But I hope it doesn't turn, it doesn't get to that. I hope he comes back and plays well. I mean, with Giles potentially being gone, I mean, he's probably going to get a lot more playing time by next season anyway. Like, if there was any reason for us to keep Giles, and if Giles ever does want to stay here, I think he's actually pretty decent Marvin insurance. Hmm. Of course, they're not the same player, but, like, I loved what Giles did this year. Yeah, like you said, they bring different aspects to the team that help us a lot. But, you know, you also saw, like, we also saw, like, improvement from Giles. Like, he was getting better, like, as a kind of just, like, fitting in the offense. And, like, also, like, re- really improving on defense. Figuring out how to contain guys. Of course, he's still a little skinny for my liking. But, you know, I think that'll fix itself over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it just, that's the worst case scenario to me. If Marvin has some, if not just Marvin, maybe if someone else has a weird blow. Maybe his buddy doesn't like that he's coming off the bench. Yeah, I don't know how the team chemistry is with this team, but it seems like they they are a great young team. Yeah, no, like of course for the most part, no assholes. Like and, you know, Len is kind of a kind of an asshole, but like it doesn't seem to affect his teammates. You know, so I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah, so far haven't heard any bad things about each other. Yeah, so let, let's try hope to keep it that way. I hope that I hope that incident with Fox and. Marvin's dad wasn't uh, like an, a real thing. I hope it's just a weird single incident, not a piece of a larger puzzle. We'll have to see about that. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, uh, the next topic we have here. So, Buddy apparently played in the. Oh, I, I just forgot the name. Let me pull it up. He played in the Skins League, and you know this is it's a league in it's a basketball league in Oklahoma, and you know that's nice. He apparently he ended up scoring thirteen threes and scoring forty five points to win win the t- game for his team, but that's not what we're going to talk about because there was a crowd there. They were very close to each other, not social distancing at all, and they didn't have masks on. Now, I bring this up because, you know, like, we're trying to kind of keep our players safe. And there's actually a lot of players who are actually not down with the idea of coming back because of the dangers of the coronavirus. This kind of stuff worries me. Like, I, you know, like, I get it. Like, I am dying to play basketball, and I still have not touched, I haven't, well, I've touched a basketball. I haven't played basketball since the pandemic, basically, or since uh, in March 13th, when the, when the league shut down. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I, of course, I get it. You're dying to play basketball. At the same time, like, you got, buddy, you got to be a little bit more responsible, I think, because I really hope you did not contract the virus, and, you know, I really hope you don't bring it to you know, Orlando with you. Yeah, that would shut everything back down for sure. They do have a plan in place, but like at the same time, like to, don't w- be careful, buddy. Like, yeah. Oh, they have backup plans. They have back. There's a lot of there's a lot of details on the plan. They ha- apparently they're going to bring some replacement players. No details yet, but like they're they're working on it. Hmm. Like they're the the thing with this this return to play is that they are going to have safeguards they're trying to work out safeguards that they're basically expecting someone to get infected so like yeah so like they're basically preparing for any kind of uh, scenario where someone tests positive because they're expecting it at this point i see and this will be all happening in disney world right yes in orlando and there isn't clarification on whether you can actually even leave the area once you get in there because the, the i mean of course the right thing to do is that you lock them down in there but like that's going to do something to like the players is uh well mental well-being they're not going to be with family they're just going to basically be stuck in hotels ah oh, gee yeah so a lot of these things to hammer out i'm pretty sure we'll get more details as the days come by i want no this disney world hasn't said anything about reopening right they're probably not gonna be able to open because you would have to you know bring in workers and like stuff like that and that again adds more risk that you simply should avoid if possible oh well luckily it's not happening at disneyland because they're reopening they are yeah july 17th their anniversary hey are you gonna go are you kidding me (laughs) no (laughs) yeah so like it's like I, I get it. Like, I, I mean, we already see, like, pictures of Las Vegas. Like, the casinos are back open. You know what? Fine. Go there if you want. You carry the inherent risk. I'm staying home. Yeah. I'm staying away from you people. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, so, so, there are, of course, there are not going to be crowds in Orlando because, you know, we don't have a vaccine yet. And even if we have a vaccine, probably be a little bit more before we get crowds back in. But, so that brings up the issue that it, they're going to be playing in empty gyms, meaning that there's no crowds, no crowd noise, doesn't bring the atmosphere, how that would affect the actual TV product. Now, I'm not too worried about it affecting the TV product too much and the crowd noise, I mean. What is probably going to be, I don't see it as an issue, but it would be an issue for advertisers. What are you? So are we going to be able to hear the players? Uh, I haven't heard anything about it, but if that's the case, kind of like how they uh, do on TV now with NFL and NBA, um, it'd be pretty interesting to hear players like throughout the whole game just calling out and stuff. It would be glorious. I w- would pay money to see that. I wouldn't, but no, I, I, I would want to see that. That. Would- I wonder if they'll be like calling out plays too. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about the trash talk. I'm I'm interested in the play calls and stuff. I want to hear the trash talk. I want to hear what Patrick Beverly says to Russell Westbrook and what he says back. 
<laughs> I want to hear them pop pop the f bombs, probably call each other the n word. Let's be honest, they do it, and like you know, I I want to hear that. I want to hear all of the trash talk. Now, of course, this is not good for advertisers. I don't think this is gonna happen just because like the. the the optics of it, that sounds terrible. Like, advertisers are going to run away. Your kids can't watch these shows or can't watch these games. Like, So there have been talks about how they would do this. And one of the suggestions, this is actually real. The NBA is actually considering piping in the 2K crowd noise on TV. Meaning <sighs> that they're going to play the crowd sounds from the NBA 2K game to simulate crowds. Now, uh, I think a league in soccer, I, I don't remember which league, but soccer, they have actually just started to do this. And I've heard like differing opinions where some people said it's like, you know, it's actually does something to it's stupid. And I'm more on the not for the soccer games, but I think if the NBA does pipe in 2K crowd noise, I think that's going to be pretty stupid. I at first thought was pretty good idea but now that i think about it i guess since it's 2k and we played 2k it's not the best crown yeah it's not but like i mean it's something and like again i i'm all for miking the players but let's be honest it's not going to happen they're going to use some vulgar language and it's not going to be good for you know pg tv basically to be honest when you mentioned the uh, 2K crowd, I wonder how the players would react if it plays out in the <laughs> stadium. That'd be in, yeah, that'd be interesting. Like uh, maybe like, they're also gonna they also gotta figure out what the home court or like what the higher seat gets. By the way, and I've heard some pretty stupid ideas, but like, uh, I don't know. Like maybe like home court, like they pipe in the cheers, like for the home crowd, I guess, quote unquote, and like yeah. I oh, again, I just think it'd be pretty stupid. Yeah. Just let us hear the players. Just hear. Let us hear the players. Because you know, I hear we we hear them. We hear them say fuck all the time when like they miss a rebound because the mic is under the rim and you can hear yeah. them scream fuck really loud. So, like you know, you know, times that by t- ten thousand basically. You ever you ever uh, you ever watched? Uh, I don't think you've ever watched any Australian Australian NBA or uh, Australian basketball games, right? Uh, not really. I, I think it's called the games. MBL game. I think it's called the MBL over there. So, uh, so what about it? Like, uh, I think in one of Lamelo Ball's games, like they actually like let you get into the uh, into the coach's huddle uncensored. So, like, you hear the coach going, "What the fuck are you guys doing out there? I I drew <laughs> this fucking play. Why don't you guys run it?" Essentially. Oh, I see. Like, you actually hear that on TV, and that sounds glorious. <laughs> I want to hear that. Oh, that'd be so interesting. Uh, yeah, that'd be that's putting it nicely. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we'll have to see how they figure that part out. I I hope they don't do the 2K. I hope they do something better because I don't like the 2K sounds. But Lord, Lord knows. So look, good, good thing we're not figuring this out. Why not do some uh, WWE type commentary? Not the crowd. I meant I meant like the commentary wise. Instead of having it like. A crowd will, will hear more of the commentary rather than, uh, you know, the crowd. You mean in the arena or? Yeah, in the arena. That actually be pretty interesting. Like, let's just say someone turns it over and says, "That's a bad turnover," and the player is going to want to fight the commentator. Maybe. <laughs> like, Fuck you, say. Yeah. Uh... So that'd be interesting, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Like, again. Just please, like maybe, may, maybe I'll pay for a premium subscription to just hear the players talk. Okay, so, uh, um, you know, unfortunately, we're gonna have to dive into a much more sensitive topic just to kind of end the Kings talk. So, uh, we haven't had a chance to do a podcast since, but Grand Napier has, well, he's resigned from his position as the Kings' lead, uh, lead announcer, and and this was because of his All Lives Matter tweet. Uh, after DeMarcus Cousins tweeted at him asking what his opinion was on uh, Black Lives Matter. 
and he basically said all lives matter and plus he was also kind of sarcastic saying oh my god i'm surprised you remembered me long time no see if you guys didn't know grand napier and demarcus Cousins do not have a good relationship uh right outside of commentary and not i don't know too much of grand napier but from hearing what i've heard from like people and um on the radio he's uh not really i don't know how to describe it he's he's a good commentator as a king's commentator and that's it other than that whatever he does outside of king's commentary i i can't quote on what he does but from what we've heard with the all wise matter tweet it's not looking so great I think the word you're looking for, to put it as nice as possible, old-fashioned. Very kind yeah. of has some very old-fashioned thoughts, and you know, like I, uh, you know, objectively, you know, me and you both agree kind of on this. He is a good commentator. I think he's you know pretty objective in his analysis in terms of like the Kings. Doesn't really sugarcoat things. I don't think too much from what I've heard from him. And, you know, is willing to pr- provide some honest, like, you know, insightful commentary. However, o- outside of that, you know, he has a reputation of being kind of an asshole amongst the, amongst the media members. And, like, he's not very nice to fans. And on Twitter, it's not great. And he kind of, like, antagonizes journalists and kind of call- calls, kind of, like, you know, accuses people of essentially lying. A lot of journalists of lying and misreporting stuff. So you so you have that where you he really doesn't have a great relationship with media and of course players. He has a horrible relationship with former players. He criticized he criticized Chris Weber, Mitch Rich, I think Mitch Richmond too, and DeMarcus Cousins after they left. Just endless a barrage of, you know, negative comments about these players. So he doesn't have good relationship on that end either. So you don't have anyone that's really, really willing to back him up. And so, you know, you you add all that. And then, of course, you have the very questionable racial comments that he's made in the past with, you know, his Donald Sterling uh, comments, him essentially almost defending Donald Sterling, basically saying that, you know, he didn't under he didn't think Donald Sterling was racist because he hired black people. It's a level of tone tone deafness that is just either he is really just an idiot or he's just really ignorant of things. Like to or he yeah he basically he's either he's just he you're, yeah just a little too behind on the times in terms of what the actual implications of those comments are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like and the Kings as a you know one of the leaders in social justice in the NBA you know we made our statement during the Stefan Clark incident and you know if if we're going to be that kind of organization you know you can't have Grant Napier as your as your uh kind of lead announcer the your leading voice of Kings basketball mm-hmm. so yeah, I but I think I don't think I will say I don't think Grant is racist, but he's definitely a bit behind the times. It doesn't really get what black people go through, and you know what racism really is, you know now, unfortunately. And you know I I think had it had someone else tweeted that, I think like with it, let's just say a less checkered pass, I think they may have survived this, but it's, you know, at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, following the George, death of George Floyd, um, you know, at the height of that, and, you know, with the checkered pass and the horrific relationship with players and the pretty bad relationship with media members, he just had no friends defending him. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think it ultimately had to be done. He had to resign or, you know, fired, whichever one you want to say. But, you know, again, un- in closing, but, you know, we agree that he was a good announcer. But, you know, just a little bit behind behind on the times. I think society, in terms of, like, at least online, you know, you know the woke people, I guess, you know, are really going to, you know, let, let, us, let us go on this one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that will be kind of our only time we'll really talk about Grant Napier. Just it is a much more sensitive topic, and you know, a very much polarizing topic too. It was, you know, it it is what it is. You know, we're mainly here to discuss basketball and other random nerdy stuff. So, you know, uh, that's all the insight we'll kind of uh, we'll kind of just 
offer. Um, yeah, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. That will be it for Kings basketball this week. Uh, when games come back, I am looking forward to actually doing a doing uh, an, a recap every day. Well, not every day, but every well, Kings game for sure. Well, yeah, when when a Kings game happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to that schedule. It was actually kind of working out. I thought it was pretty good. I, I really liked it. I like doing that. And, you know, really looking at having some NBA basketball back. I get it. Some people say, you know, you don't want to, like, take the focus away from what's going on in the world right now. But, you know, like, sometimes you just need to take your mind off things. And it's just great to, you know, have something to do, have something going on, you know. Um, that since we're still kind of stuck at home, a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm really excited to be able to get back to Kings basketball soon. Well, not soon. We're not till July 30th, so we're still out a good over a month away. But, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, more news will come out, and we'll be happy to discuss those things. And yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Kings make the playoffs and you know do something amazing in the playoffs as well. Yes, yeah, so let's let's hope we aim high. <laughs> we let's hope we aim high. Okay, well that will be the end of the Kings and basketball section. Now we, well, of course, this is this kind of the spoiler territory. We're going to be attacking, talking some Attack on Titan. We're, we're, as I was about to say, we're about to attack on some Titan. Yeah, so this will be the spoiler territory. We will be talking about chapter one twenty nine. Now, if you guys are interested and don't want to be spoiled or actually don't care about being spoiled or already read it, you know, well, we're just going to discuss it a little bit. But if you do not want to be spoiled or if you don't care about Attack on Titan, feel free to turn it off right now. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode next week. Yeah, see you guys later. Okay, so Attack on Titan. Um, you know, it's been a two months. Uh, we'll, we'll start off with this. It's been two months. I yeah. do, I did not remember what was on the last one. Although this did kind of give a pretty good refresher because, like, they basically like told us, "Oh my God, they're about to steal a boat, and uh, they're being attacked from all places, and that they need to stop the rumbling." That's really mm-hmm. what I remember from the last one after reading this. Yeah, they they went to steal the um, what is it? The airplane, and uh, I guess I forgot the specific like native people's names. The Asians. Yeah, they have a. Yeah. They haven't. I, I wanted to say the Ackermans, but that there's there's more than one. Yeah, let's just say the Asians. <laughs> the Asians, yes. Yeah, the Asians uh, said that it would take a whole day to get prepared and. The best way they could do it is stealing the boat that's carrying the airplane. And uh, by the way, is it just is it Asians or is it just that Asian lady? I, I'm pretty sure they're of Asian descent. Okay, just wanted to make sure because like she's really the only one that looks Asian. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you could say so. I mean, it's hard with the art style, I guess. Yeah. But I guess um, what I was about to say. I gotta say, fighting the fighting scenes in this whole chapter is just. It, I mean, it's it's great. It's like I cannot wait for the anime version of this. Yeah, that that's gonna be interesting to see because reading this chapter like it's already it, it looks great already the fight it scenes. does it does it's it's gonna be an amazing chapter although they will tone down the gore and, and you know yeah. a little bit later on <laughs> of course you see mikasa essentially chop the side of a guy's head off which was yeah wow that was pretty gruesome they're literally like fighting hundreds of these <sighs> loyalists i think they're called jaegerists yeah jaegerists and uh they're just you know, using their own gear from since season one. I guess yeah, these guys with guns. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really, I can't. I like it. I had to see this like an anime version to fully like absorb everything. But yeah, like that's pretty. Well, did they get the jump on them? Yeah, but I mean, there's so many. I mean, uh, of course they had Annie and Reiner and 
I guess the cart tie in and <laughs> yeah, whatnot. But just overall, like yeah, the fight scenes aren't great. Um, have you seen the trailer for um, season four? I have not. Is this season four part two? Was what it was? Or uh, oh no, yeah. it's season four because it ended on season three, huh? Yeah, that's why. Okay. So the final season, they they have a trailer out. I think you should get watched because they have changed um, studios, I believe. So the art style, I gotta say, I think it's a little better. I can't tell. I can't remember between season three and the trailer, but the animations look pretty nice. I gotta say. I will check it out as soon as uh, we're done with this podcast. Um, we'll talk about it offline. So I, I guess uh. Going on with the chapter, uh... my main takeaway from this, my main note I have is that they somehow made me kind of like Gabby. Oh yeah, shooting her own, or yeah. no, just a good I, shooter. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a theme going going forward. She's a good shooter, and you know, of course, like she is easily one of the most disliked characters in the in the series just because you know she was kind of an idiot well she kind of still is but uh like you know her killing sasha and her being kind of a you know a a, a stooge basically you know for the uh for was it the warriors program and yeah she made the 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 creator made her very unlikable and now is probably a chance at redemption i guess somehow they redempt they redeemed her i don't know how well, I know how they did it, but at the same time, like I'm amazed they were able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, shoot, I, I'm forgetting what's what else is going on. I forgot. Um, what's his name? Who's the other kid again? Falco. That, Falco. Yeah. Uh, turns into the jaw titan, and I I forgot what chapter Pete gains that power. I, I, I I've kind of you know what to be honest. Now that I think about it, I don't remember him eating the jaw titan either. I don't know how. I, I just don't remember. I I know it's been many months. I'd say. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the only real complaint I have on Attack on Titan, other than they re- literally always end on a cliffhanger each chapter. Is that yeah. it takes ever they come out with ones every month, and of course. You know, they have 46 pages. I think this one was more, though. But 46 pages, lots of pages. We used to read Naruto and what that had, like, maybe 20. Yeah. Like, 17 pages per week. But, like, I mean, it's just... I want to know what happens. And I get... uh, It is painful having to wait every single month. And, you know, by the end of... By, like, by the time a new episode comes out, a new chapter comes out, like, I already forgot what happened last one. And this one we had to wait two months for. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the only complaint I have on the Attack on Titan manga. We were also uh, talking about before, and uh, what do you think of um, their pretty much mentors blowing up the ship? I mean, it's a perfect storytelling device. I mean, like a perfect symbolism, essentially, because both of them, you know, like are the trainers of the two different groups. Like, you know, Keith is the one that, of course, trained, you know, Aaron, uh, Mikasa, Armin and those and those guys and Annie and Reiner. Mm-hmm. And I forgot the combat commander Magath, I think is his name. Or something. Uh, he trained, I guess, Piak and the all, all the warriors from the. I don't remember Marley. Marley, I think. yeah. I was just about to say the mainland, but Marley. <laughs> they trained all the people from Marley, and it's fitting that they are essentially the ones that are going to, essentially, set them off to go save the world. Because, of course, spoil, you know, spoilers. They blow up the ship that. You know the uh, Jaegerist could have used to chase down the ship that uh, the rebels, I guess, the main characters go like leave on. So like they essentially just almost passed passed it on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect symbolism, I guess. Yeah. Now another question I would ask you is: Are you a Jaegerist or a non-Jaegerist? Uh, I mean, right now it's got to be non-Jaegerist, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are Jaegerists in the comments. Really? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I get it, cause like you, 
we don't even really know if like Aaron is bad right now. We don't actually know what his plan is, and that's where I really don't know where the hell they're going with this. It's like this. I can't believe it's gonna end soon too. It's it's like there's so much. They better like come out with like 120 pages from now on, like because it's so much. Like how are they gonna close this in the next? It's gotta be at least ten more chapters, right? There's no way. Now, I don't, I don't remember when the manga ended with like you know season three or whatnot, but I wonder how many episodes it's gonna be. It's gonna be more than twenty-four. I feel like it's gonna be like thirty-six. I imagine they're gonna cut it off at twelve again. Just twelve. Because like. I mean, like, we're not even far enough at the point where they can even sustain 12 episodes, I don't think, like, in the manga. Like, a lot I, has happened, but, like, not really, when you think about it. I guess, but I feel like it'll be like a two-parter, maybe 24 episodes. I imagine the end of, this, end of episode 12 of season 4 will probably begin with Willie dying. Willie Tybar. Yeah. Probably him dying, and then probably the end of uh, episode 24 will be um, essentially the rumbling. Mm. I think that's what's going to happen. We're going oh. to revisit this and probably say that we're, we're fucking geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be another month or two till the next chapter anyway. Oh boy, yeah. It's going to be a long waiting game. But yeah, overall, yeah, really, really good chapter. Lots of stuff happened. I, I cannot wait for the scene in the anime. Uh, which scene? Oh, that scene. No, the, the fight scene, the fighting scene, essentially. Yeah, for, for this chapter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. very interesting. Yep. Now, we wait till next month. Yep. Okay, well, that... All right, well, thank you guys for listening. That'll be the, you know, the end of the... Uh, extra extra part, the epilogue, if you will. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Um, hopefully, we'll have something other random, other random thing to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about the last ride. Uh, we should talk about the, at this on this episode, but we'll save it for the next episode. Oh, yeah. All right, see you guys uh, next week. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs>